Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire Signature NHL Hockey Pod Podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, as always, great follow, is AJ Scholes at AJ Scholes24. He's based in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, near Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. Well, partner, we got back to a much more normal week to start 2022 for most teams, I'll say, anyway though there were still a few cancellations and a couple of teams uh, still haven't hit the ice for a while. The shortening of the COVID protocols is something we talked about last week, and in fact, it's now in place, so it's only going to be five days, but the players still have to produce two negative results if they are deemed to be affected by COVID in the first place. In any case, it should help the NHL stay closer to being on schedule going forward. At least I hope so. Uh, AJ, what what are your thoughts, uh, any insights, or anything else you want to talk about for that matter before we get into it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I keep feeling like it's going to get better, um, you know, but we're, we're still hovering around that, like, 70 to 80 uh, player mark for, for a number of guys on the COVID list. So I won't feel totally confident that we're getting out of it until, you know, that number drops closer to 50. Um, but we'll, we'll, I think we'll get there eventually. Um, you know, but, you know, it's, it's certain teams, you know, Dallas had basically everybody in the COVID protocols. They're all free and clear now. And then, you know, you've got St. Louis just played last night. Um, and they had three guys that they put in the COVID protocols this morning. So what does that mean for the rest of their team, the the team that they were playing, which happened to be Pittsburgh. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, it seems like one step forward, two steps back sometimes. And in Montreal, uh, that's another team that's been absolutely clobbered by it. By it. And they, I guess there's got to be players in that dressing room that just wanted the season to be over already with what's going on there. It's a really tough situation. And uh, I almost feel sorry for them, AJ. But we, we'll, we'll get to them a little bit later in the show. But it's your turn to bat lead off as we look into the rotation of all 32 teams and their rosters. So why don't you get us started with a look at the Anaheim Ducks and uh, the week that was for them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one team that that is seeming uh, seemingly heading in the right direction is Anaheim. They're going to get, uh, you know, Trevor Zegers back, which is a good, uh, good sign for them tonight. He's exited the COVID protocols and should immediately jump back in to a top six role for them, which is obviously uh, important. They are still likely going to be out with Ryan Getzlaff, Derek Grant. Um, Nick Delorier and then Sam Carrick and Josh Maher dealing with, uh, you know, non-COVID issues as well. So it's still a pretty thin team overall. Um, because of that, the blue line is is basically solid. They've got their big name guys in Cam Fowler, Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, you know, so there's win some, you lose some. They haven't uh, had too many issues on the back end. Um, hopefully I'm not I'm not jinxing that at all. Um, and it looks like uh, we're actually going to see Stolarts tonight. So if you're a DFS player, um, that news just coming across as Stolarts will be in action tonight instead of John Gibson. Um, but for the last week, you know, led offensively by Troy Terry, three goals, one assist, Kevin Shattenkirk with a pair of helpers. And I really think, you know, with Zegers back, uh, we should see his production go up. Isaac Ludstrom will move into a second line role. Uh, I would like to see him better paired with Jakob Silverberg. Uh, I just I think that's a better group there rather than Vinny Letary. Um, but so far, you know, we'll see what the combinations shake out to with Zegers back. But it has been Ludstrom um, potentially with Letary, and and I don't love that. 
No, I agree with you. In Arizona, they had a quiet week with only one game and they lost it. But uh, the, I think the, the Hawks are circling above this team, AJ. Jacob Chicken missed the last five games. He's their top uh, defenseman uh, on this roster. He's been, been out for five games and he's going to likely going to miss one more week with an upper body injury. And there's a lot of people, a lot of teams that are expressing interest in this guy. Uh, and I'm hearing that uh, Arizona might even be willing to deal with him, but they're asking for a King's ransom to get this player. If this player is to be moved, Barrett Hayden is another youngster that is uh, kind of a, a future centerpiece of this team. He's getting a look at the top line center position right now. And he has three assists in his last six games. I think that this guy has a big future. If he can, uh, take the next step from a stellar junior hockey career. Lawson Kraus is another guy that is spoken about almost in the same terms as Jacob Chikorn. He's a pending RFA playing left wing on the second line, and he's also getting a lot of interest from other teams. With uh, Chikorn out, though, uh, there's another focus on defense. Janis Moser is the guy's name. He's a second-round pick from their 21 21 draft, was promoted from the AHL. He's getting power play time in place of Chikrin, and he's already responded with, a, with two goals in four games played. So uh, one of the debuts, and there'll be many here, that's going well so far in Arizona. But uh, for the most part, the news is still that this is a, a team that'll be on the outside looking in come playoff time. Paul, I literally jinxed it. Not not even kidding you. As As we're sitting here after... My comments about, uh, you know, the, the COVID things getting better for Anaheim hasn't really impacted the goalies. Just saw Gibson. It looks like uh, tested positive for COVID this morning, which is why Stolarts is going to get this start. So, man, uh, yeah, I should maybe uh, limit my comments on players moving forward here the rest of this show. Uh, I won't be talking about the Penguins at all to avoid any, any issues. Happy to discuss Toronto at length um, and talk about guys that are doing good. But anyway, I digress. Uh, For Boston, big news today is that Charlie McAvoy uh, will not be in the lineup tonight. He's dealing with a lower body injury. um, So that's going to be a significant impact for them, especially on their power play. Most likely, uh, Grzelczyk will step into that role uh, with, you know, Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchant. So that's really a big responsibility bump for him. Um, There could be other guys that are candidates for that as well. And then I think the other big news to do with Boston is not even a guy on the line or in the, in the roster, but Tuka Rask signed a professional tryout agreement with the AHL Providence Bruins. Um, And this is kind of the first step towards him potentially signing full-time in the NHL. So they'll see, Remember, he's recovering from that hip uh, injury. So they will see how things go in Providence here, make sure everything is working the way it should. And then I would not be surprised to see him sign an NHL contract with the Bruins uh, next week. Good call there, AJ. Um, The Buffalo Sabres, they're winless in their last four. Uh, Thompson getting two assists, Murray getting two assists, leading the scoring for this team, but they're having trouble putting the puck in the net. Big reasons why are they they had Alex Tuck in the lineup for uh, three games, but now he's in the COVID protocol along with Peyton Krebs, Anders Bjork, and Kyle Pozo. And in net, they have also got Dustin Tokarski in the COVID protocol. That leaves the goaltending to a young tandem in Lukanen and Subban, uh, splitting their assignments most recently. Zembius Gergensen is a guy that missed the entire season last year for the Sabres, and I thought that he would be a key part of this team, but he too has been 
uh, battling COVID. He's out of the protocols now, and I expect him to move back into a top six role fairly soon. Though right now he's listed as a third liner on on the right wing. Uh, once, and I have to say, once a hot commodity, Will Butcher on defense. I remember when he was the, the talk of, of the town in terms of being an undrafted NHL free agent, but we're seeing why he was undrafted. The guy's a minus eight with only three points in 25 games played, so I'm kind of glad that my team didn't blow their brains out trying to get this guy into their lineup. He's barely handing, hanging on to a second-pairing role. He's lucky that he's in Buffalo. Otherwise, I don't think he's in the NHL the way he's been playing. Yeah, interesting uh, fact about him. He is a Sun Prairie, Wisconsin native, so I will hear no more bad news or bad <laughs> words about him on this podcast, Paul. Uh, in, in Carolina, they're on a four-game uh, winning streak. They played just two games this last week, uh, led uh, led by uh, Andrei Svechnikov with a goal and two assists. Seth Jarvis continues to wow um, with another one goal and two assists and and this uh you know this youngster this rookie has uh, really burst on the scene 22 games played five goals nine helpers on the year he's got three power play points a pair of game-winning goals as well um so really it's you know he is putting together a strong season uh interestingly they have shuffled things around where he's been slotted in as a fourth line um option for them kind of stacking their their big names together in the top here in terms of like Teravainen with Aho and Niederreiter, Svechnikov with Trocek and Fast. Um, but they still have them on the second power play unit. And I think that's maybe a good balance of trying to maybe limit his minutes because he's a rookie and, you know, you're trying to ease him in into the NHL a little bit, although he hasn't seemed to need it, um, while also still giving him those power play opportunities. So I think really good um, – you know, good work by by the team as a whole and really wanted to highlight him. Of course, you know, they're on the team is on a four game winning streak. And again, that's being led by Freddie Anderson, who himself is on a six game winning streak dating all the way back. His last loss came in November. Um, so six, uh, like I said, six wins for him, a one point five seven goals against average. And, you know, I will continue to haunt you with this, Paul. I don't understand why people in Toronto wanted to chase him out of town with pitchforks and uh, torches. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I was a big fan of his throughout his tenure in Toronto. I think he was given a raw deal by the club, by the fans of the club who kind of blamed him for playoff failures. But you look at his numbers, and even in those playoffs, they, if you don't put his name there, you think they got good goaltending there with the save percentage around 92, 93%. So the goals against average was well under three sometimes under two even in the last series that he played against Columbus. He had a shutout and allowed five goals over the five games played, and they lost that series. So crazy stuff there. But, AJ, before I get into the next team, I got an idea for our next show. We should have a draft based on players that were born in and around our home home cities and where we live. So I'll That's go not even close to well, fair. I'll, I'll go first, and I'll pick Connor McDavid, who was born in Richmond Hill. <laughs> Not even, I guess maybe if you limit it just to Richmond Hill, but I thought you were going to take Toronto as a whole. I mean, no. I can go local and I get, I get McDavid and I get Bennington and goal. That's a pretty good start for me. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might win. <laughs> In other news, we'll get back to our rotation now. And I get to talk about the Calgary Flames. AJ, I, I was kind of surprised when I saw that they are tied 
for the NHL lead and wins on the road with 13. That just goes to show you that they've had a really good start to this season and they can play anybody anywhere. They've got lots of size, speed and skill. And uh, tonight they're matched up against Tampa. And I'm calling that game a coin flip just because of the quality of that I see on this Calgary roster. Markstrom in the Nets has slipped a little bit of late, though. I'll say with three games, three games last week allowed a whopping 11 goals. That's very high for him. He did come away with two wins, though, because this team is loaded for bear offensively. And they're getting good performances from their stars right now. Johnny Gaudreau with seven points. Kachuk with six. Backlund with two helpers. Shillington's been a revelation on defense. And he had three more points to his record last week. And uh, Noah Hannafin, a guy who was a top draft pick in the NHL a few seasons ago, starting to really find his groove in Calgary and fitting in uh, as a really strong two-way player on that defense with three more points for himself. And Sean Monaghan seems to have finally got himself out of the doghouse a little bit. He's contributing more in scoring with a couple of helpers last week. A big note here, we're not talking about any injuries of any sort. This is the healthiest lineup in the NHL right now. One more note that I'll add is Blake Coleman, who was brought in to be a third-line agitator type. Look at what he's doing now, AJ. He's moved up to a second-line role on the left side with a whopping 42 shots on goal in his last 11 games. He had 12 in his last outing alone. So I don't know what elixir he's been drinking, but uh, he's looking better and better and, and uh, moving up the roster and might be a guy to, to watch going forward. Well, in Chicago, at first glance, you'd look at the fact that they're winless in their fat last five games and immediately um, would, would be concerned about that. I'm not as, it's not as big of a, a concern for me, only because if you look at those, Three of those games have ended in overtime losses for them. So obviously from a standing perspective, they get the point. But more more uh, for me is the fact that it's one bounce goes a different way, slightly different thing. And then they've won three of their last five. But if you're insistent on being pessimistic about the Chicago Blackhawks, and I know people from Chicago are very quick to uh, dump on their team sometimes when, when things are going south, the fact that their two uh, non-overtime losses in that five-game stretch were pretty significant ones to some top teams. You're talking a 6-1 defeat to the Predators, 5-1 to the Flames. And I think the writing's probably on the wall for Chicago this season. Obviously, plenty of hockey left. They're not eliminated, but sitting seventh in the Western right now with just 27 points. Um, they're, they're not looking like a, a contender, which – you know, I think maybe a lot of people or some people thought they would be once they added Flurry and they got uh, Taze back, but it just isn't coming together right now. In terms of, you know, offensive during that stretch, it's been okay. DeBrincat with three goals uh, in the last week here, Kane, three helpers, uh, Seth Jones with a pair of assists, um, but, you know, it's there's not anybody really other than DeBrincat and Kane really scoring a, a lot here. And so you'd like more production out of guys like, you know, um, uh, Kurashev or Strom or even Taves, as I mentioned, one goal in those three games from him as well. AJ, when we talk about Columbus, I'm going to leave, uh, leave a question for you for last because it involves a player that will be a free agent at the end of the season. I'll get to him shortly. But uh, this club went 0-2 last week. Gustav Nyquist with two goals and two assists. Alex Texier with two goals and one assist. 
On defense, Bo Wolquist is emerging as a contributor and has three points to his ledger. That has a lot to do with the fact that Brad Wierenski's in COVID protocols, and that means more ice time on the power play for Wolquist and Jake Bean, who are getting uh, more reps on the power play because of the absence of Wierenski. He should be back fairly soon, though. Merz Lickens in the, in the Nets is out with a lower body injury. That means Jonas Corposalo will be backed up by a longtime NHL uh, an AHL uh, shuttle guy, J.F. Barube. I don't know how many games this guy's played in the NHL, but I see him on rosters all year long. He he sometimes has the best seat in the house for every game. That's that's his claim to fame, I think, when when you look at his career. Uh, but right now, up front, Cole Sillinger's out day, with, uh, day-to-day with an unknown uh, injury. That leaves Roslovic and Jenner as the top centers for now. And Jenner's had a nice season. Roslovic has found life to his liking very much in Columbus. But another guy who arrived there, and this is where the question comes in, AJ, is Max Domi. He's moved down to right wing on the third line. He's a pending UFA on an expiring $5.3 million contract. I don't think, I would bet my house he's not going to play in Columbus again next year. I'm sure of that. Uh, uh, This guy, he started in the NHL with Arizona, and I know secondhand from from a, a family relative, I won't say who it is, who I met, here locally and said when she found out I was into hockey she said oh I'm related to this guy and you know he's really suffering in Arizona and he wants out he wants to play in a, in a hockey city well he got his wish in Montreal and that didn't really pan out and that's why he wound up uh, being traded to Columbus but I, I wonder what the future holds for him and if you could project what kind of salary do you think this guy will will merit on the free agent market given that he's coming off a 5.3 million dollar hit yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, definitely less. Uh, I don't think he's going to, you know, generally speaking for a guy in his, tw- you know, that's 26, you see that contract uh, kind of go up. But, yeah, I agree with you, Paul. I just don't think I've seen enough to warrant somebody giving him more money. And, honestly, I'd be surprised if he got any sort of term. I mean, I know his most recent deal, it, it wasn't like a long contract. It was just two years but I wouldn't be surprised unless something significantly changes this year where he can really start finding his, you know, his offensive game uh, at the back end here. I, I think he's getting paid like a guy who had 40 points, 72 points his first year in Montreal. Um, and he's certainly not going to hit 70 this year. Maybe he could still get to 40. Um, so, I, you know, I guess it depends a little bit, but it, I don't expect it to be a raise. I'll say that for sure. Um, and then, Paul, I'll follow up and answer to your question. I dug it up here for you. J.F. Berube, a veteran of 34 NHL games over his uh, career, with his most recent NHL-level games coming back in 2017-18, has bounced around with a couple of AHL clubs uh, since then. But uh, answer to, to your trivia question there. For the Colorado Avalanche, uh, things just continue to roll for them. Uh, you know, Darcy Kemper has been uh, phenomenal, added two more wins this last week, bringing him in total to a six-game winning streak since returning uh, from injury in, in early December. The goals against average, look, we've talked about this, Paul, and I've highlighted this, is that Darcy Kemper – does not need to be pitching shutouts every single night. He just needs to be good enough. And, in fact, he doesn't have any shutouts on the year. Um, a 2.50 goals against average is perfectly fine yeah. for a guy with that offense in front of him. And, again, to that point, 
you you've got Eric Johnson got two goals this last week, which is outrageous to think. McKinnon four assists. Najem, Nazem Kadri continues to roll. He had three helpers. Rantanen with three points as well. Um, so yeah, two goals allowed, maybe three, and this team should be coming out uh, roses every single time. And and they're getting exactly what they need out of Darcy Kemper right now. And there's no reason not to continue to ride him there. And let's just stop for a moment and say that uh, there are always a lot of considerations, but Kale McCarr certainly put his name uh, in the mix for goal of the year with that OT winner uh, against the Blackhawks. No question about that. That was something else. Uh, AJ, over in Dallas, I like the way they're configuring their top six right now. Joe Pavelski started the season slow, but he's rolling and he's playing right side alongside two youngsters, Rupe Hintz at center, Jason Robertson on the left wing. But it's the second line that I want to highlight because once again, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are back together. This time, Benn at center and Sagan on the right side. And the guy who benefits is a guy who's moved up from a third line role for part of the parts of the year is that's Dennis Gorionov. This is a young guy that also figures to be part of the next wave of stars on this club. And uh, I, he started slowly this year, but I think if he can hold on to this role and with that, but the other two guys should be in for a nice run here uh, of success. So if you have a chance to pick him up in season long, that's a guy I would definitely target in the Nets. Jake Ottinger has finally inched ahead of, Braden Holpe most recently with four uh, starts in the last six games here. He won his last two, but allowed seven goals against out of only 46 shots on goal. That's an eyebrow raiser for me. Uh, Braden Holpe had a, a long run before uh, this bit of success for Ottinger, and I think he's due for another one soon. That's not a good save percentage that Ottinger's carrying over these four starts, I'll say that. For the Red Wings, things uh, are not quite as bad as they were last year. You know, last season, pretty much any game against Detroit was was practically a win. And while I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, in part solely because of the division they're in. I mean, you're talking about they're sitting fifth right now, which isn't terrible. But they've got Tampa, Florida, Toronto, and Boston ahead of them in the Atlantic here. And so it, it just the math just isn't there. And while they might still be a walkover if they come into your barn, they're 4-10-1 on the year. At home, they're actually third in the league in home wins uh, behind only uh, division rivals, actually, Toronto with 14 and Florida at 18. They're 12-5-2 at home. So Detroit uh, is not quite the walkover. And I think that's an important message, too, for uh, DFS fans is to, you know, myself, I'll speak just for myself. I tend to not really factor in home or away that often when building my lineup, maybe a little bit with goalies, but uh, I think with Detroit, you really need to maybe consider that um, just because they have been so much better at home this last week in terms of offensive production, Tyler Bertuzzi and Pius Sutter, both getting a trio of goals. In fact, both guys picked up shorthanded goals, uh, this this week so um, you know obviously they, their penalty kill is doing something right there Dylan Larkin had three points as well so there are guys that I think you can use in DFS contests especially when the Red Wings are playing at home and Edmonton might want to find another place to play they, they certainly haven't <laughs> had any success on the road with a five-game winless streak that they just completed in Toronto they played a, a a good game here but they were missing too many parts 
AJ, when you consider that McDavid and Barry are in COVID protocol, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out with an undisclosed injury on IR. That's moved guys like Warren Fogel up to get a look on left wing on the top line. And Ryan McLeod moves up to center on the second line between Hyman and Pugliarvi. Not a bad place for him. Uh, he won't get a long run there because McDavid will be back soon. But he, he might be a player to watch uh, if, he, if he shows well. Uh, this week, let's say. Uh, in the Nets, too, there was a bit of a headache uh, with the struggles of Koskinen coming to a head and, and some words were exchanged between uh, players on the roster uh, against the goalie and the goalie firing back saying, you know what, I'm not getting a lot of run support, so dissension is creeping into things, too. Not a good scene. And yet, um, among it all, Dreisaitl and McDavid each chipped in with three points apiece doing what they do. Kyler uh, Yamamoto... Uh, had four points last week. I've maligned him earlier this season, but he's starting to find little traction on that second line with Dreisaitl and needs to do that, keep that up to hold on to that role. On defense, Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci combining for five assists in total. Kyle Touris, a bit player now, uh, two assists for him. The aforementioned McLeod, though, doing himself a good service, AJ, picking up three points last week uh, with the promotion that he's enjoyed uh, in the last seven days. All right, Paul, as we get into the Florida discussion, I'm going to bombard you with some trivia. I didn't give you any lead up onto this. So over the last three seasons since joining Florida, how many shutouts do you think Sergei Bobrovsky has to his his credit? I'm going to say zero. Close. It's one. And that came in his first season back in 2019-20. So I, I don't mean this to malign Bobrovsky's game. Uh, the team itself is on a four-game win streak. He is on a three-game winning streak. Um, but more just to say that this is a team that is going to need some offense um, if they're going to get wins uh, yeah. right now. Bobrovsky playing well enough. I'm not suggesting that somebody should take over for him. I'm not suggesting he's been bad. If you've got him in, in season-long fantasy, I think you're plenty happy with it. Um, but the shutouts just haven't been there uh, during his time in Florida. Fortunately, over this last week uh, in their three games, they have had the offense to support him. And that's led by Jonathan Huberto with nine points over those three games. Eight of them are helpers. Four of those points coming with the man advantage as well. So that's big for them there too. Anthony Duclair, three goals, two assists. Anton Lundell, one goal and three assists here as well. So it's a, a couple of different players. This team is really, really deep when you look at, you know, at their depth chart here. You've got a Barkov line on the first. You've got Huberto on the second line. You know, right now they're playing Frank Vitrano, Joe Thornton, and Owen Tippett as the third line. And just a couple, like, games ago, it may have even been earlier this week or or last week, um, they scratched that entire line, that's how deep this team is. The, yep. the guys that are third line right now were not even in the lineup. Um, you know, they've had some other issues come up. Sam Bennett obviously suspended that have factored into that. But, um, you know, this is, like I said, a really deep team, a really good team. I haven't even talked about the defense, but I, I think everything points to them being a strong cup contender here. And if Bobrovsky were to get to that level where he's starting to rack up uh, shutouts at any point, this team's going to be almost impossible to beat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them for the first time against the Leafs uh, in a few weeks. They haven't played yet this year. And uh, the first match comes, I think, in early February. So 
waiting to see that because uh, it could be a first-round matchup. And it would be a shame that either one of those teams gets eliminated the way they're going right now. Los Angeles, they went 2-0 last week. Jonathan Quick continues to write a heck of a story. Two more wins on his ledger, four goals against. He's playing a, a lot of games, nine straight games in a row, in fact. And Cal Peterson's become nothing more than a footnote and a guy at the end of the bench who passes out the, the towels to his teammates. He's not getting any kind of a run. Uh, it's a shame because last year he certainly looked like he overst- overtook Quick, but uh, the veterans got the number one job back and he's got both hands on it big time. Another new face there, uh, Arvidsson up front, two goals, two assists, delivering just like he needed to to be a factor here in the Los Angeles lineup and a fixture among the top six uh, that really added a new dimension to this team. Otherwise, we'd be talking about Anze Kopitar and Dustin Brown leading the offense again. Uh, Dano is back in the lineup here as a second-line center. They missed him in his absence, but he chipped in offensively even in his last game, as well as the defensive attributes that brings to the table. He had three points last time out, so that's good news. Another player I want to keep an eye on is Marty Furt. He was promoted from the AHL. He had 29 points in 24 games before the call-up. He's going to get a look uh, on, on left wing on that top line next to Kopitar, it seems. So I'll be curious to see how this guy fares back up in the National Hockey League. Uh, for the, the state of hockey, obviously they had that fun uh, New Year's Day game. Uh, I'm sure it was fun to watch on TV. Not sure I would have been, wanted to watch that one in person <laughs> with the temperatures reaching like negative like 9, 10, 11. But uh, yeah. it was fun to watch on 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 hockey. And, Paul, if you haven't seen it, go find a picture of uh, the Cam Talbot there wearing a, a beanie cap over his goalie helmet. It, it looks looks pretty silly there. So good news, bad news for Minnesota. The, I'll start with the, the bad news here. They've got a number of guys that are out of the lineup right now, and it's not necessarily related to, to COVID protocols. Nick Bukestad was injured uh, at practice just the other day, um, and they're saying he's you know going to be out for a while is what they're deeming it. That's certainly bad news. Joel uh, Joel Erickson Eck has been out already. Jordan Greenway is in COVID protocols. Jared Spurgeon's been out for a while. Cam Talbot won't be available tonight. These are big names. Like these aren't guys that are depth pieces that you're missing, and you plug other guys in and maybe find a way to to move past it. The good news is that does speed up uh, the team's look at guys like Marco Rossi and Matthew Boldy, both of whom have been lighting it up in the minors. Rossi, again, the ninth overall pick in the 2020 draft. He's got 23 points, including seven goals in 21 games uh, for AHL Iowa this season. And then Boldy, for his part, the 12th overall pick in 2019. He's got 10 points in 10 games for Iowa as well. So uh, yes, it's going to speed up getting these guys into the NHL, but I'm sure it's something fans have been eager to see. And at this point, when you consider Minnesota's winless in their last five games, uh, having those guys back is, is certainly, or having those guys join the lineup could be kind of the push that everybody else needs. And we get to Montreal again, AJ. Last week, we didn't talk about too much of what was going on the ice. We can't add more to that this week because they haven't played for a while they in fact will get back to action fairly soon the next game is next week on the 12th of january wednesday is their next outing i believe it's against boston so a tough way to get started they 
they'll go into that with one win in their last 11 games. They made an interesting pickup on the waiver wire, and this is kind of what to watch for in Montreal. What are the pieces that they're going to add, and how are they going to do it going forward? Sammy Niku uh, picked up two assists uh, in the last week that, that he played. Uh, I guess he got two assists in the one game that they had. And uh, I like this pickup, and it's indicative of the kind of work that Jeff Gordon and company are going to have to do to slowly rebuild this team. Gordon, in fact, is conducting interviews among the GM candidates are Roberto Longo and Daniel Briere, two prominent names that every NHL fan would recognize, I think. And uh, the credibility behind each name is, is, is there from a player standpoint. I don't know about the managerial experience. I think both of them have had a, a, a taste of it, but not, a, not really full bore at the NHL level. So we'll wait and see on that and how it plays out. But the question that I have in the back of my mind is Jeff, for me, if I was in the president's chair, the first order of business for Jeff Gordon is to have a chat with Kerry Price and say, look, you just signed a long-term extension here with, with 10 sheets a year coming your way. Do you really want to play out the string in, on a team that's going through a full-on rebuild, or would you accept a trade? And if they do, of course, the club would have to retain salary, AJ. It's, it's, it's time to clean house in Montreal, and I think the first step has to be to see whether their uh, all-star goalie is willing to move or does he want to stay here? I think that's step number one. And I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Any thoughts by you? Well, I think the the problem there is, is that contract. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about, they would have to retain something. If they retain half, you're still talking about somebody taking on a, a five, a $5 million contract for, for a, a goalie. Certainly a, a phenomenal goalie, but $5 million a year for a 34-year-old goalie that's dealt with knee injuries and and other stuff. So it's like, oh, I'm not really sure that's that's something I want to take on for, for that price range, at least not until I see him on the ice. And the question is, when is that going to happen? Um, so we have to wait a little bit longer for that. In New Jersey, they're going to have to wait a while to see – Dougie Hamilton on the ice, he had to undergo surgery for his jaw after taking a a puck to the face. I would expect him to be out a significant chunk of time here. And really, they dropped a tweet that just had the hammer on this lineup. So it had uh, one news release, had Dougie Hamilton headed for surgery, Jonathan Bernier headed to surgery. He's done for the year. Wow. for hip surgery. It also mentioned that Nico Heischer had picked up an injury. Now that was on Tuesday. He is going to be back in the lineup tonight. So there's good news there, but it also had Pavel Zaka and Igor Shister. Uh, I'm sorry, Igor Sharon on the COVID protocols. They added Andreas Johnson to the COVID protocols today as well. Tice Thompson is another guy that remains out until likely mid March. So things just are not going well for the Devils on the injury front here. Obviously, you know, it's going to be Mackenzie Blackwood's team. It always was going to be, um, but I think they would have felt a little bit better having a guy like John uh, Jonathan Bernier rather than John Gillies as, as the backup here. And so they'll yeah. give a look to some other guys. Um, you know, P.K. Subban, I think, is going to get more opportunities on a power play with uh, Dougie Hamilton out. Ryan Graves will have to eat up bigger minutes as well. Um, so really a, a tough week for the New Jersey Devils. 
the week was very positive for Nashville, AJ. Uh, UC Saros was a goal for the two games they won, and he gave up a total of three goals against. Philip Forsberg continues to quietly move up among the top goal scorers in the league with three goals and one helper. That gives him 17 on the year, and he's done it more quietly than any of the other top guys in that list. I'll, tell, I'll say that. Jano added two goals. Cousins, two goals. Johansson with two goals and one helper. Uh, he's a centerman that's had a real rejuvenation this season, I'll say. Again, he and Matt Duchesne starting to pay back on the contract hits that they're they're uh, on the books for uh, with this team for a while still. Matthias Ekholm, four assists to his record. Trennan with three points, Tomasino with two, uh, Granlin with two assists as well. Save for Dante Fabra on the blue line. AJ, this is a healthy lineup. We haven't said that too much uh, in the rundowns, and I think I'm going to start saying that. Uh, going forward, there's two a team, two teams that have qualified so far uh, in that lofty category. Uh, Saros two goals or less in six of his last seven starts. His goals against is among the league leaders with 2.23 on the year per game. That's excellent. And up front, they're getting a nice look at center with the one-two punch of Granlin and Johansson. That affords them the luxury of moving Matt Shane on the wing, and he's had great success there. That trio is really driving this offense. For the Islanders, they had a, a good week as they try and dig themselves out of the cellar in the Metropolitan. They went 2-0 and last week, wins by each of their goaltenders, both um, both guys, uh, Varlamov and Sorokin, picking up a win. Uh, and then some offense from guys like Noah Dobson had four points, Matthew Barzell four, Kiefer Bellows with a trio of points as well. And they're going to need to continue to do that. They sit last in the Metro now, it should be noted that they've play, only played 28 games. The next fewest in the division is 31. So if you gave them those three games, if they were all wins, that's 32 points. They're sitting closer to fifth uh, with Philadelphia. I'm not going to say they're too far back yet. Again, there's a long season to go. They've got you know six, uh, 50 games plus here to go. But it's certainly going to take some work. Last week went a long way to get there. In New York, the Rangers, Igor Shosturkin is back in the lineup. He picked up three wins last week, three three games played, rather, uh, for the team. And uh, he won two of them with a total of three goals against Goodrow with three goals and two assists, led the offense. Sabanajad with three goals, Strom with two and two. Lafreniere is a guy that uh, got up off the mat. He was quiet for a while, but uh, has picked up three points. And he's getting more of a look on the second line here. On defense, Keandre Miller is seeing an uptick in minutes as well. I look for this guy to be an offensive contributor from the back end. Been quiet for the season so far, but he was highly regarded in in his junior career, and I think he's just starting to scratch the surface. If he's a guy that's available in your season long, I'd be grabbing him. And I'll make a slight correction. The Rangers went 3-0 on the week. Shesterkin was in goal for two of those games. Georgi had the other one. For Ottawa, it's been a pretty quiet week um, because they've had a number of, uh, of cancellations for them. I've, I think the biggest news uh, is that they were forced to, or maybe they wanted to, but it seems like they were forced into calling Matt Murray back up. Philip mm-hmm. Gustafson and Anton Forsberg at one point were in the COVID protocols. Uh, Murray gets into a game again. January 1, New Year, back up in the NHL shelled for six goals on 40 shots. Uh, So obviously Toronto made him work for that one, but uh, that brings his season to a a continued losing streak. Oh, six and Oh on the year, but they still don't have uh, Forsberg back. He's 
uh, in COVID protocols. They're not expecting him back until later, maybe uh, targeting around the 13th or the 15th that he would be back. So they're going to have to roll with either Murray and or um, Philip Gustafson here. So unfortunately, the net mining situation isn't getting any better there. Um, they're still dealing with a, a handful of players that are out for various reasons. Uh, Josh Brown, it's an injury. Shane Pinto is also an injury. Colin White, uh, a shoulder problem that's going to keep him out until March. And then, of course, a number of guys in the COVID protocols. So things not going great for Ottawa, who, again, they've played just once since mid-December. And the other team that one of us like, loves to hate, uh, we, I kind of dropped the bomb on the Montreal a couple of weeks ago, but trying, feeling bad about it, I'm going soft against them. But uh, you've got to be kind of smiling like a cat that, uh, that is full up after dinner uh, scraps. And uh, the Flyers have a list of people on the IR list that is very long, to be honest. And, and it's a lot of guys dealing with, the COVID, but there are other injuries as well. Provorov, Sanheim, Giroux, Konechny, all with COVID. Ellison Couturier still on the IR for at least another week. I know that your team is probably salivating at the prospect of playing them tonight. Scott Lawton has moved up into a role uh, as the center on the number one line. That gives you an idea of the upheaval that's going on here. And a youngster by the name of Gerald Mayhew, 16 points in 24 games in the AHL, is being called up to fill in as left winger on the second line. I, uh, I think I take the over on this one, and I, I could credit Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh for getting there all by themselves, as we talked about it on DK show, AJ. Uh, at this point, we'll take a break and be back with our look at the remaining teams, and our DFS plays are still ahead on the, the show. You're listening to Rotowire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. We'll be back after these messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back. You're listening to RotoWire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. Uh, let's have a reminder, AJ, for our listeners and how they can reach out to us during the course of the week. Over to you, partner. Yeah, we definitely love interacting with people on, on social media. We encourage you to send those comments, questions about fantasy hockey, your teams, or really any topics that you find interesting. We are always down for discussing whatever. Uh, I'll put the caveat on there, except NBA. I don't know anything about basketball other than, uh, you know, when Wisconsin wins the the championship and I watch, you know, the only basketball games of the year were the NBA finals last year. Um, so if you want to talk bucks, I, I'm down for that. But other than that, maybe uh, hit Paul up with any NBA questions. He's a little bit more knowledgeable there than me. To do that, you can reach me on Twitter at AJ Scholes24, and you can follow Paul at Statsman22. And AJ, before you talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm getting a little excited about the soccer scene, so I might have to learn from you. Uh, the, the the Toronto FC just announced the signing of a major Italian star, uh, Insigne is the guy's name, and they're talking to another guy, Bellotti. If they start to sign the Italian national team, how can I stay away? So that's what I'm looking at up here. I can't wait to see how that second situation winds up with Bellotti, but a lot of excitement in the soccer front here in Toronto the last few days. But now let's get back to hockey, and you tell us what's going on with your favorite club there. Vanna roll with nine straight wins, and I bet you can't wait till tonight's game starts. <laughs> well, absolutely. So, Paul, I should also mention uh, for our Canadian listeners out there, you could check out the Bundesliga, the German league. Af- Alfonso Davies of Canadian of Team Canada plays for them. Uh, Germany puts out a pretty good product, and he plays for Bayern Munich, who are always winning the league. So another option there for you, Paul. If you want to start getting into soccer with me, uh, happy to happy to have you along for the ride. Right. For the Penguins, look, uh, Paul, I'll steal a phrase from the great Mike Lang about Flyers being in the dumpster, Penguins on a nine-game winning streak. I'm as happy as the butcher's dog is uh, how that one goes. And look, 
there are some things that young players in the NHL need to learn. And uh, in uh, for uh, the, the Blues last night, that was a lesson learned for uh, Nico Mikola in that he got into a bit of a scrum with uh, Sidney Crosby, exchanged some punches. His team was winning at the time. And then they lost when Sid took over the game. You don't poke the bear like that. Um, and I think it's going to end up hurting the Flyers as well tonight. You've got Rust with five goals and three assists in, in their last uh, two games here. Crosby's got four points over that stretch. Evan Rodriguez, another player who uh, I won't say came out of nowhere, but like his offensive game has really blown everything else he's done in his career out of the water. Um, his career high prior to this season was nine goals in 74 games while with the Sabres. He's got 14 already in just 32 games this year. Uh, Chris Letang, four helpers over the last week as well. Gensel rolling with four points. Um, so everything looking pretty good. If there's a knock on the Penguins, it's the backup net mining, which we saw happen last night. Casey DeSmith with a diffs appointing game in which he gave up three goals on 16 shots before getting the hook. Jari came in pitched a perfect uh, relief appearance and got Pittsburgh the win. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got, buddy. Nine games. Oh, right. let's, let's make it 10. I'm just going to pop up my pillow, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll talk next about the Seattle club. They're winless in their last five. And uh, for fans who were hoping that they would have a season like Vegas when they came into the league, it's not working out that way for the Seattle club. They're a competitive team, no question. But uh, they're going through some, a period of struggle right now. Despite that, there are some bright lights. Kelly Yarncroft with four points. And Mark Giordano back in uh, full swing on defense with three points on the back end and providing the leadership that we knew that he would as the captain of this club. Ryan Donato was riding a hot streak before COVID felled him. So I'm curious to see what he's got as he's getting ready to move back into the top six, that should solidify the look of the top two forward lines, which I quite like here, in fact. And on the back end, I'm looking in the net situation, and Grubauer and Dreger are splitting uh, games over the last six starts. And that's good news for Grubauer because he was playing a ton early on. And good news for Dreger too, because I thought he was going to be a signature piece for this team. And uh, a tough start injury-wise for him is now in the rearview mirror. So maybe the best is yet to come for this team. But... Uh, on the, in the infirmary, there is some challenging news with Schwartz dealing with an upper body injury, Alex Wenberg with COVID protocol, and Tanev with a knee injury. He's out for the season. That's the toughest uh, situation of all here in the news uh, with Seattle this week. Another team being bombarded um, by injury and, and COVID concerns is the San Jose Sharks. Another tough day for them, as uh, we found out today, that Jacob Middleton and Eric Carlson are going to be out for tonight's games, uh, both of which are dealing with upper body injuries. James Reimer dealing with a lower body hurt. Um, that'll keep him out tonight. And there's talk that they could designate him for injured reserve, depending on the severity of the injury. Uh, and then, of course, they are already without Kevin LeBanc, who's not expected back until you know mid to late February. Logan Couture is on the COVID protocol list. And so, um, again, this is another team that's really thin tonight. Aiden Hill going to be making uh, the start tonight. He has not started a game 
since December 9th. Now, obviously, there was the shutdown there in the middle, um, or December 18th, rather. I, I missed a game. But um, it, it's been a while since he's seen the ice um, in a starting spot, so I wouldn't be expecting a ton out of him heading into tonight's game. And again, he's not going to have a whole lot of support, especially defensively when you consider Carlson and Middleton are probably two of their top four defensemen and both are out of the lineup. All right, AJ. And uh, that brings me now to talk about the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Cairo having a breakout season for this club. Three goals and two helpers last year, last week rather. Rob Thomas with two assists. As uh, Jordan Binnington come back from the COVID protocol, but I'll note that he struggled uh, back since he's been back in the lineup. Four starts, 15 goals against. That's one of the poorest runs that this guy's had in his young career, and I'm looking for that to be righted soon. Because other than that, other than that, the, the only blemish on this roster is Vladimir Tarasenko uh, missing from the lineup, and he's dealing with the COVID protocol, so he'll be back soon. And uh, they just got Oscar Sundquist back. So they are experimenting with a new look among their forward ranks, and it almost behooves me to take a minute to run through that really quickly because it's got a look that I haven't seen for uh, a few years. They really shuffled the deck here. Brandon Saad, Oscar Sundquist, and David Perron make up the first line with Sundquist at center. Thomas at center between Kairou and Braden Shen on the second line. And an obvious attempt to stretch the roster, Brian O'Reilly, the captain of this club, uh, to a third-line role with Ivan Barbashev, who's had a pretty nice season of his own, and Pavel Buknevich on the left side. I, I would say that there are interchangeable lines in terms of one, two, and three. I would rank O'Reilly's unit uh, the best of the three, the way it, it looks to me right now. So uh, the news is pretty good out of St. Louis, but they'd like to see their goalie get back to uh, his usual level, and then they'll continue to be a tough out going forward. Yeah, obviously, I agree, Paul. Losing Tarasenko, who uh, entered the COVID protocols today, it is a big loss for them, and, and they'll have to go, at, at, you know, depending, but likely about five days um, without, uh, without him in the lineup. Speaking of guys, uh, out of the lineup, it looks like the day has finally come for Tampa Bay Lightning fans. Nikita Kucherov is cleared to play in tonight's game. It will be his first game back since October 16th. Unfortunately for Tampa, it's not all coming up roses as Steven Stamkos is dealing with an undisclosed injury and is considered a game time decision tonight. So you get one big name guy back and now appear to be set to lose another. So that's obviously a a problem there. Um, But this last week, one, two and one, some of that done without uh, their their big uh, netminder, Andre Vasilevsky. His first game back, January 2nd, allowed four on 21 shots. But when you consider it had been like three weeks since he had played, um, can't really expect too much out of him there. Bounce back, just two goals allowed against Columbus in a winning effort there. I would expect Vasilevsky to get back to rolling. Uh, you, you know, he really was. He had uh, seven straight wins heading into the break here. So give him a game, maybe two to find it. Um, but I expect him to start churning out wins uh, like he always does moving forward. All right, AJ. And uh, next up, that means I get to talk about the Maple Leafs. They're on a four-game win streak, uh, two goals and two uh, goal, two, ga- two wins and two goals against for Jack Campbell and one shout-out as well. I, I wonder if they're going to give his backup a bit of a run. It's time to see what they have in 
in the, the, the reserve situation here, Peter Morazic, I don't expect this guy to be back next year, AJ. So for me, a big part of this, the rest of the season has to be giving this guy enough game action that other teams get to see what, what he can bring to the table. The Leafs cannot afford to have him in the nets and, and sign Campbell to a big deal going forward. So that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on for the rest of this season to see how, uh, how Morazic looks uh, uh, in, a, in a regular role. I won't say he's going to play more than Campbell by any means, but he maybe plays one-third of the remaining games at least to get some a body of work there that, that might uh, attract some teams. I'm thinking Edmonton would be a team that should be interested in any, anybody who has knee pads uh, that goalies wear and, and be taking a look at them. So uh, that might be a fit in the off season, but uh, one of the things I'll be looking for. And then in terms of what's happening now, Ilya Mikhaev really uh, making a name for himself. Uh, he had a tough goal with injuries earlier this season with a, with a bad injury that's kept him out of the lineup. And now he's back and rolling. He's got three goals over the last week. Uh, TJ Brody finding some offense. He got goals in three straight games at four points last week in total. Willie Nylander has picked up four points. And I'll say this about Nylander. He's really matured as a player, AJ, and uh, a quantum leap has been made in that regard. And I think it, it has a lot to do with seeing the professionalism of a guy like John Tavares, who he's playing with at center on that line. And Alex Kerfoot is a guy that was, was talked about in terms of being an expendable part uh, to shed some salary but he's been a very valuable player to round out the top six while they've dealt with injuries throughout the course of the year he's found a way to stay in the top six and be competitive and productive uh, in shorthanded situations he's a factor and he picked up five points offensively as well so uh, I think this guy's a keeper going forward if they're going to shed salary I think they got to look elsewhere in the lineup and that begins with, with the second go- string goalie here for me well, in Vancouver, it was a 1-0-1 week, but I think the bigger news, uh, you know, unfortunately, if you're not a, a goalie fan, sometimes I feel like myself, uh, but a lot of shows tend to highlight the goalies a little bit more. But in this case, we kind of have to, when you consider first off that Thatcher Demko, seven-game winning streak right now with a 1.40 goals against average. That's certainly going to help Vancouver to try and compete here. They are right in the mix. I know they're listed seventh in the Pacific, but they're three points back from Edmonton uh, and are getting phenomenal goaltending. Now, this has led to some speculation that perhaps Yaroslav Halak would be on the trade block here for them. You know, you look at his numbers on the year. uh, He's played in just eight games, one, four, and two over that stretch. I'm sure there are teams out there that would be interested in his services. The goals against average, 2.59. The save percentage, 9.15. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see basically how good Demko's been and how much he's been playing um, that suddenly a guy like Yaroslav Halak, who I thought would take a bigger share of the goal of uh, goalie work, if I'm being totally honest, has been really uh, you know relegated to a true number two spot and that they might try and cash in and see what they can get for him on the market. AJ in Vegas, they had a 1-1-1 one, one, one week. Uh, the highlight offensively was Matthias Janmark filling in with some of the injured guys that we'll get to in a sec. He got three goals. Zach Whitecloud has had a productive season for them on the back end. Same with Braden McNabb chipping in. They've had a hole in the back end ever since Alec Martinez and Nick Haig uh, 
went out of the lineup. Uh, Martinez situation, another facial injury. He's on the LTIR, so it'll be a while before we see him. So it's important that they figure out what to do on the back end. And I note that they added Ben Hutton, who was a spare part with the Leafs earlier this season. He's now in the top D pair here with Alex, Alex Pietrangelo. That was an eye-opener for me. Offensively, they're looking for Stevenson now to be flanked by William Carrier and Evgeny Dadanov on the second line. The familiar faces of, of a, t- a line that was formed in their expansion season is still the, a line that is is intact and uh, will drive the bus offensively for a while here while uh, the likes of Stone and Pacioretty are sidelined and in the space of Jack Eichel. We're still looking at Carlson, Smith, and Marchessault to lead this offense. Well, in the, the last week, Washington went 1-0-1. Alexander Ovechkin with two goals. Garnet Hathaway with two helpers. Um, but they're going to get some reinforcements heading into their next uh, next game here. Uh, Backstrom and Oshie both back from from illnesses uh, that had kept them out of the lineup. And they're also going to get Dmitry Orloff back from an upper body injury. Uh, so they're really getting healthy right at a time where they're they're going to face some some challenges for the top, you know, top spot here. Uh, you look at the top four teams in the Metro. The Rangers are on a three-game winning streak. The Hurricanes are on a four-game winning streak. We talked about the Penguins having won their last nine. Um, so Washington's going to need all hands on deck to really uh, avoid falling in the standings because there are so many clubs in that Metropolitan Division that are playing really good hockey right now. Um, and it starts and stops, obviously, with Alexander Ovechkin, but he can't carry the load entirely by himself. And getting guys like Baxham and Oshi back in the lineup will certainly help spread out uh, their scoring options here. In Winnipeg, the Jets went 2-0 last week and added to the win they got to end the previous week. They're on a three-game streak overall. Connor Hallibuck in the Nets for the two wins last week, a total of five goals against. Mark Shifley led the offense with three helpers. Morrissey with three helpers. Connor got a goal and two assists. He's been in one of the top goal-scoring snipers in the NHL all season long. So the offense is rolling along, but the key part for me is the development and realization that Pierre-Luc Dubois is a high-end center, and he's showing why right now. He's on a long-term roll, and he's got 26 points in 32 games. He's finally looking like the center I thought they were getting last season. To round out the top six, though, an interesting contributor now is Jansen Harkin sliding in to the lineup in the right wing on the second line. Uh, that move was necessitated by the absence of Blake Wheeler, who was going to be sidelined for a while. It could be a revolving door, but I'll keep an eye on Harkins, and I think we all should, to see if he can make good on the opportunity because he could be a cheap DFS value play for a little while if he is productive. And it also worth noting, Christian Reichel was called up from the AHL to plug in uh, on the right wing on the third line. So everybody moves up a notch with the injury situation to Wheeler. And uh, Reichel is the latest call up in that mix. So, AJ, that concludes our look at the 32 teams. And now we switch gears and we make our, our weekly picks on the DFS side of things. We've had a great, great season uh, all year long on FanDuel and DraftKings. I've been highlighting FanDuel picks and you've been highlighting DraftKings picks. Let's keep the roll going, brother, and uh, let me hear what you've got in store on DK tonight. Well, sometimes, Paul, it helps to be uh, lucky better than good. You and I talked about this. I made a what normally would have been a critical error last night. Um, my brain turned off. I knew Casey DeSmith was starting. I, I 
put Jari in my lineup. Uh, you know, I got got two little ones running around, keeping me on my toes. So uh, fortunately for me, DeSmith got pulled. Jari was perfect in relief and picked up the win. So I cashed uh, a mini cash last night thanks to that. Um, so, yeah, sometimes better to be lucky than good. But I'm going to go back to the tried and true formula that I used last night, and that is to heavily stack the Pittsburgh Penguins here. Uh, I, you know, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'll, I'll cruise over that pretty quickly here. Um, but I'm going to use the first line here, Crosby at 8,200, Gensel at 7,300, Brian Russ at 5,500. Look for Russ, a guy coming in at 5,500. Anything less than 6K is a value for him when he's got five goals in his last two games. I'm even going to toss in Evan Rodriguez. I'm basically getting four parts of their number one power play right now. Rodriguez, as I highlighted earlier, has been red hot for them. So it's a do or die lineup, a pens or bust, if you will. So I'll go more into depth in the rest of my lineup here. Tage Thompson for Buffalo is an intriguing option for me. Uh, You know, San Jose has been having a really hard time keeping pucks out of the net. Buffalo is also dealing with kind of some absences. But Tage Thompson is their leading goal scorer and leading point producer right now playing on their top line, and he only comes in at 4900 So with the kind of expensive stack that I'm going for Pittsburgh, really had to save money elsewhere in the lineup here. And uh, I think Tage Thompson is, is a good spot to be in with how productive he's been, good matchup against San Jose. Um, I'll, I'll pivot over to my utility spot. Another center that I'm going to put in is Anton Lundell uh, for the Florida Panthers. He comes in at a really discounted 3,800. Again, playing second line center um, for that really deep Florida team. The matchup is decent against Dallas. Uh, Dallas is not a walkover team, but he's on a four game point streak right now. Two goals, uh, two helper or two goals, three helpers over that stretch. Doesn't uh, doesn't hasn't really done much on the power play. They have been giving him more opportunities of late. Um, so we'll see if that carries over. But again, at, you know, at 3,800, a guy on a four game point streak, uh, I, I think as long as he keeps rolling, it's a good spot to be in. I've obviously spent up all of my money elsewhere in my lineup. So I'm going to punt a little here in terms of the defense, but strategically punt. And I'm going to start with Dylan Coglin uh, from uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights here. He comes in at 2,900 and really won't, uh, you know, not breaking the bank, but he has been seeing minutes on the second power play for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the Rangers matchup is a tough one, but I think it's a, you know, a guy, you look at his last three games, he's averaging uh, four shots a game, dishing out some hits, getting some blocks. And like I said, some power play minutes. So should have an opportunity. And similarly, uh, Ryan Merkley for the San Jose Sharks, 2,500 Yesterday at practice, he filled in on the second power play unit with Eric Carlson sideline. Um, so just kind of playing the odds here that he could see some added minutes and opportunities in a scoring position. Uh, and then between the pipes, I'm going to put Tristan Jari back in. The Pens haven't named their starter yet, but with how terrible DeSmith looked at the start of the game yesterday, the fact that Jari didn't have to play the whole game, um, I would expect to see him back in the lineup. And uh, I will this time, if DeSmith does get the start, I think I will switch my goalie rather than just banking on him being pulled. So that's my DraftKings lineup. Paul, what are you doing over on FanDuel? Well, I, I 
think that you made the right pick in terms of the line that you would stack tonight. So I didn't want to duplicate that. And I looked instead for duos and I come up with a couple of one of them and I shared them on our show on DraftKings, but I'll repeat them here for the people that didn't tune into that episode. Uh, up front offensively, I have Patrice Bergeron for $8,200, and I pair him, of course, with a longtime running mate, Brad Marchand, who's $9,000. I know they have a tough matchup against Minnesota, but the Bruins are a tough out at home, and I think these two guys are going to lead them to a victory tonight. And uh, so that's going to be one pair that I'll focus on. Another guy that rounds out my center position is Anze Kopitar for Los Angeles. He's been the typical two-way version of himself all season long. He uh, costs only $6,800 tonight. I don't expect a high-scoring game here, but this kind of game is his bread and butter. I expect a tight defensive struggle, and I think he's going to be a decisive factor and may even factor into an empty net goal. So he could get me good points offensively just with that little bit of, of offensive uh, opportunity. Uh, rounding out my forward compliment, I have Henrik Borgstrom, who's listed as a winger on uh, – on uh, FanDuel, AJ, and the uh, key point here for me is actually he's listed as the center on our lineups for 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 Rotowire, and he's going to be playing alongside Patrick Kane on that top line for the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's my second pairing. Borgstrom comes in at only thirty eight hundred dollars on FanDuel. Kane, of course, one of the premier players in the league, comes in at seventy seven hundred dollars. So a bit of a high low there to put those two guys in and to complete my offensive look. I have Alexander Barabanov of San Jose. They're in Buffalo tonight, so a pretty favorable matchup for him. And he's playing first-line minutes again. This guy was a fourth-liner in Toronto and uh, was cast off to San Jose and has found his way. He had a productive year. I believe he's up to 19 points, and many of them recently in the last 15 games that he's played. So he's getting a long look and a nice run in a first-line role. And for $4,700, I figure, why not against Buffalo? So uh, that leaves me with a defense pairing to put in place. I mentioned Ben Hutton earlier on. Uh, moving into a first-line pairing role with Alex uh, Alex Petrangelo out of the lineup. So $3,800 is the price tag for him. I'm mean, sorry, Alec Martinez is out. He's playing with Petrangelo. So uh, he's paired with him at $3,800. Uh, Matt Grizzlick, you, you tipped me off on this one, AJ, so I'll give you credit here. A, a hat tip to you. I'm putting him in place to be my power play quarterback for the Bruins tonight and pay off handsomely on his $4,200 price tag. And then finally in goal, I have to go cheap here but I'm getting a good win probability as New Jersey Devils are at home against the Columbus team that is uh, right there with them in the standings. This could be a coin flip of the game, but if Blackwood receipts for the win, that's good value for me at his low $6,800 price tag. So that's my winning lineup heading into tonight's action partner. I like the look of both of them, so I'm going to be playing both of them. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but any final thoughts for you before we anticipate the uh, heavy schedule on tonight's uh, board? We'll be all over it. Channel surfing at my house, I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, excited to have big game slates back um, and, and everything rolling. Hopefully we can get to a point where um, we're not seeing too many more cancellations or, or really any more if, if we can avoid it. Um, and, yeah, get back to having hockey at its best. Very good, partner. That wraps up our look around the league, folks. In year seven of podcast, we're having a ball, despite the fact that it's been a bit of a wonky season. But we'll get through it. I think the best is yet to come. And we thank you for listening to Rotowire's signature fantasy hockey pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. In the meantime, as always, please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. And you can follow AJ 
at AJ Schultz 24. As always, we invite you to listen in to our tips to get us stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody.